Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Beautiful move to the net. Great shot, score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Cassie left it for McDavid. Drive the net. What a shot! Top right corner, unbelievable! Two flyers straight all over him. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, it's a rare night off in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Last night, game one of the Eastern Conference Final went to the Boston Bruins, a 5-2 win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Tomorrow night will be game one of the Western Conference Final, the San Jose Sharks at home to the St. Louis Blues. You can catch that game right here on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off just after 6 o'clock. And, of course, we are the home of the Eastern Conference Final, home of the Stanley Cup conference finals uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. The Stanley Cup final, which will happen in a little over two weeks. All right, there you go. East-West finals, Stanley Cup final. We're off and running here. 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. It is six minutes, seven minutes after six o'clock. Hey, it's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. Tonight, next week, because we got all this hockey, and we love it, we do have one show for one hour on Monday. So, and I'll be hosting that show. So, uh, Reed will be back uh, sometime in the week after. So, depending on the schedules, I mean, might have a best of inside sports on holiday Monday, on Victoria Day, or maybe not. It's that time of year, Callan Kennedy. Good evening to you. Hey, good evening, Dave. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, looking forward to tonight, which is our last two-hour show yep. for a while. Yeah. And then Monday we have a one-hour show. And then, and then we got hockey. Kick back and enjoy the hockey. Exactly. There and uh, last night, uh, maybe not the best uh, game one of a Eastern Western Conference final that we've ever seen. But, uh, you know, it happens. It looked like a typical game one. It, you know, Yeah, exactly. It was a very feeling out process type game from both sides, I, I in my opinion. Hurricanes so. haven't played for, I mean, it was almost a week or so. And then the Bruins, of course, they wrapped up uh, the second-round series against the Columbus Blue Jackets on Monday. So definitely look a little bit like a feeling-out process. But, you know, the Hurricanes, they played pretty well in the second period especially, and even in the first, and then just took penalties. And then that really uh, that really made the difference with the power play goal in the third period. So and now, of course, Bruins. tomorrow we got game one between San, uh, sorry, St. Louis and at San Jose, yep. so the Shark Tank will be rocking tomorrow night, uh, six o'clock, and of course we got the broadcast right here. And uh, man, I, that series is like that first game. I think will be a little bit more raucous 
Oh, it'll it be will. a little bit more rougher, I think, yeah. than we've seen last night. That's going to be a lot of ground and pound in that uh, in that series for sure. So, no Stanley Cup playoff action tonight. Uh, earlier today, the World Hockey Championships began in Slovakia. Canada losing to Finland by a score of 3-1. to one. Darnell Nurse with just under eight minutes of ice time in that game. They'll next play on Sunday against Great Britain. Also uh, today, Bakersfield Condors are taking on the San Diego Gulls in Game 4 of the Pacific Division Final, and they're going to try and tie up that series at two. Condors almost were down 3 nothing in the series. They had a rally from two goals down on Wednesday night to rally to win that game 7-6 in overtime. So uh, the top farm club of the Edmonton Oilers uh, trying to even up their series, the Pacific Division Final against San Diego, coached by former Oilers head coach Dallas Aikens, San Diego, the top farm club of the Anaheim Ducks. Tonight, Western Hockey League final game five in Vancouver. Giants trying to stay alive. The Raiders trying to punch their ticket into the Memorial Cup and win the Western Hockey League um, title. Also, Blue Jays in action, and they have actually scored runs. Something they didn't do very well against the Minnesota Twins. They're out front of the Chicago White Sox, top of the fourth, by a score of 4-1. to one. NBA playoffs tonight, just one game that'll get underway in about an hour from now. In Houston, the Golden State Warriors will try to advance to the Western Conference Final. The Houston Rockets will try to force Game 7. Game 7 between the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers will be on Sunday in Toronto, but as we do every week on 6:30, Chet Inside Sports, uh, Kelly Rudy, analyst for the NHL on Rogers, rare treat for me. I don't get to talk to Kelly very often, so I'm very excited about this. Kelly, how are you? Yeah, thanks, Dave. I'm uh, having a rare day off here in Toronto, so I'm enjoying it. <laughs> you got to pace yourself, but the problem is, it's hard to pace yourself in the postseason when you're on almost every night. That does not happen. There's no pacing in this job right now during the uh, NHL playoffs, and that's a good thing. That's okay. We're good for it. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great playoff. You know, it's been interesting with all the upsets and so on. I've had so many of my buddies texting me saying that they're really enjoying this year's playoffs, even though there aren't any more uh, Canadian teams left. You know, and and we'll get to more playoffs in a moment, but I just want to make this uh, make this uh, point here that it seemed like after the first round, everyone kind of had to take a breath because it was so it was so wild. You had the President's Trophy winners uh, ousted in the in the Lightning, the Flames were ousted. You had all four division winners and all and the and the two conference win, winners I mentioned earlier ousted, and it just almost seemed like it was a gut punch to everybody. Of course, everyone's brackets and pools were all screwed up, but then. The second round came along and everything kind of normalized and we saw some great hockey yeah you're you're right though those uh we were asked at sportsnet also to fill in our brackets and i think i probably came in last out of everybody not even at the sportsnet crew but uh in north america because uh i chose a lot of the favorites and i know you have to pick some upsets and i most years i do but this year i just wasn't thinking that uh, there are going to be quite as many upsets and so <laughs> Yeah, we are the beneficiaries of some great hockey now, though. I know, not to talk about, not to be that guy that talks about his pool uh, either. But uh, I lost all of my team in the first round uh, after the after the <laughs> after the Canes beat the Capitals. The cap the Capitals were my last hope, and they got wiped out. So you know that 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 was my story about my NHL playoff pool. Right. Well, you're not alone. I can tell you that much. Yeah, no question. We're joined by uh, Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Okay, Kelly, a week ago we had Mark Spector, who's a senior columnist on Sportsnet, and we had him on the show with Reed, and he 
said, you know, he was just basically talking about his report earlier that day that if Ken Holland wants the job of Oilers GM, it's his. So through the weekend, we find out that that was indeed the case. On Tuesday, it was official. Ken Holland named not only GM but president of hockey operations. This has caused a lot of debate. I know this GM you know circus with the Oilers since you know January 22nd when I believe it was the 22nd when Peter Shirelli was fired by the Oilers and then Bob Nicholson's comment about who we're looking for and who we might who we might interview and that sort of thing so it lands on Ken Holland maybe a bit of a out of left field uh, surprise but he leaves the Red Wings after stepping aside for Steve Eiserman so he can run the show in Detroit what do you make of the move Ken Holland landing in I mean, guess he's back in the Western Conference, but he's, you know, deep in Western Canada now running the Edmonton Oilers, which is not an easy thing to do. But you're lucky. That's the uh, number one thing that uh, comes to mind because of uh, Ken's experience and, uh, you know, the things that he was able to accomplish in Detroit. You know, Ken and I go way, way back. So we're both Medicine Hat Tigers. He was playing for the Tigers just before uh, I arrived, and uh, so going back in the summers, I'm going to say ballparking around even, I don't know, 82, 83 is when we started to run into each other a little bit uh, more often. And then uh, he was scouting. He was based in uh, Medicine Hat while he was doing some scouting. But, you know, the thing that really comes into mind for me is that who his mentors were. So you go back to his early days with the uh, Red Wings. And his boss was uh, Jimmy Devolano. By the way, Jimmy Devolano was the guy that uh, uh, drafted me uh, to the New York Islanders. Dick Devolano was uh, originally with the Islanders. And Smart he guy. Learned, right? And he learned the craft from Bill Torrey. So then you look at Ken Hall, and he's learning uh, his craft from two of the best uh, ever uh, in the National Hockey League. You know, you look at uh, the track record Mr. Torrey and Jimmy uh, Devolano have had, Ken Hall and the same thing. So... The pedigree is there, and so the Oilers are getting uh, uh, an enormous boost to their organization. And, you know, he's a builder. So when Eiserman came back to Detroit, and uh, and to the credit of the Yelich family, they really took good care of uh, Ken Holland when they bumped him up. But I think that in the back of his mind, he's just like I said, he's a builder, and he wants to continue to build. And so this is a great opportunity for him, too. You're going to get a guy... That's awfully excited. He gets to work with uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two of the best players in the game. And, and you know, he's uh, no stranger to that, having uh, managed, uh, you know, Steve Eisenman, uh, Nick Lidstrom, Brendan Shanahan, a whole bunch of guys, a whole bunch of Hall of Famers. So he knows how to get the job done. That's a great point, Kelly. And, and the fact that he's going to come in and he, he has full autonomy, which you could question whether he had that in Detroit with ownership, um, but he'll, he'll, he'll have it in Edmonton. And I, you got to think he's got to be a real asset to someone like Daryl Cates, who can, you know, who can really yep. glean a lot of wisdom off of Ken Holland, who has been, I mean, when he says he's been in a successful organization, he's been in one of the successful organizations in Stanley Cup history, and that's something that, you know, Daryl Case can use as a, as a resource and, and really tap into the knowledge of Ken Holland of how to run a hockey organization. Well, and I think with the uh, benefit of having Bob Nicholson there, too, I've known Bob also for a long, long time. And uh, we've been friends forever, it seems. And uh, so all of them working together, uh, uh, Daryl, Kate, Bob, Ken, I think this is a, a really positive step in the right direction for the Oilers organization. And how exciting is this going to be to watch this uh, rebuild or, or whatever you want to call it, retooling happen? Because it's, uh, 
you know, I don't think it can happen quickly because there's a lot of parts that need replacing. But nonetheless, I think this is going to be super exciting. And he seems to have the stomach for the patience part of it. And, and, and I think that's, you know, we all know in Edmonton, patience is a, is a curse word because of just what has happened over the last 12, 13 years with this hockey club only making the playoffs since the Stanley Cup run in 2006, uh, making it only once. But Ken Holland seems to be a guy like he is not going to be influenced by the outside noise. He's going to believe in what he believes in because it's worked before, and uh, that's what it takes to be successful. And I agree with you. He can't do this. He, he can't change over this team in one season. It's going to be, as he says, methodical, one trade, one signing, yeah. one you know, right. one thing at a time. Yeah, you got to learn about all the players, too. So that's going to be job number one for uh, Ken Holland uh, after he gets through the summer uh, once training camp starts and then he's going to have to learn about his players and what maybe he had a perception about somebody, maybe that won't be true once he gets to watch them over the course of uh, training camp and first couple months of the season. And so he might come up with a, a different uh, thought on his, on a player. And so I think that uh, when you look at that part of the managing, and, and I don't know how hands-on, Ken is. Uh, I've never been managed by him, but I've had different managers. Some guys were around a lot. Bill Torrey was around every single day, and he'd make his presence felt. Dean Lombardi, one of my other favorite managers, was barely ever around. He was always watching. He'd be in the stands, but he wouldn't come into the dressing room except maybe once or twice a year. So uh, it's going to be new for the players as well to see how uh, Ken Holland manages uh, the team, and, and so it's going to be unique for everybody to learn that whole system. Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers joining us tonight on 6:30. Chad Inside Sports. All right, the conference finals. Uh, one series is underway. The Bruins with a 5-2 win last night over the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Western Conference final will begin tomorrow with the San Jose Sharks and the St. Louis Blues. Uh, obviously, the, these are two or four very good hockey teams. You got two teams that have great stories with the Hurricane Storm Surge and 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 the Blues with the fact that they were the last place team in the league yep. on January the third. Uh, I know we got, as I mentioned, one game is in the books in the East, still waiting for the West. What's your read on these two series? Well, number one, watching Carolina uh, in the first two rounds, uh, because I'd only covered them, I believe, twice this year. Um, and I, I didn't uh, realize how physical they were. I knew they were talented. I knew they had speed. And I knew they used that speed really well uh, um, in different areas of the ice. But Man, I, I had no idea that they're this physical. So that's really grabbed my attention. Boston, they're just such a veteran team that I think they've been playing better uh, when there's more pressure. And mm-hmm. when they're down 3-2 to the Leafs in the first round, that's when we really started to see Boston Bruins come alive. St. Louis is a wonderful story. And, and I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of being around uh, uh, Craig Berube, but what a, what a great man. I had the pleasure of getting to know him as well in my career. And, I'm just so happy for him, and, and that organization, that team, they just followed his lead. He's an excellent leader, and uh, look at the way in which that uh, organization was turned around with him behind the bench. And San Jose, uh, you know, that's an easy team to cheer for. There's a lot of good stories there, a lot of good people, and I think a lot of people are really rooting for Joe Thornton. Yeah, I think you're right, Absolutely. Very intriguing storylines in these two matchups. You have a night off, though, so enjoy it because you're back to work tomorrow. So, Kelly, I know we're going to talk to you. We're going to talk to you on Monday as well, but enjoy tonight, okay? You got it. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers doing whatever Kelly does on a day off.
I'm sure he's pretty wiped, so I'm sure it's probably an early bedtime for him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, speaking of the uh, Oilers coaching situation, uh, I'll play a comment from Ken Holland after the break. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. So today on Oilers Now, which you can hear Noon to 2, weekdays on 6.30, Chad, with the one and only Bob Stoffer. Had Ken Holland, Ken Holland on the show, Oilers' new GM. So the search is on for the new head coach. It will not be Ken Hitchcock. Holland talked about the search, and he definitely will be seeking Hitchcock's input. I don't really have a desire for the time to uh, interview 10 to 15 coaches, but I will I'll probably have a list of, uh, and I do have a list probably of 10 to 15 people um, I'm going to lean on Ken Hitchcock a little bit. I've talked to him every day this week. Ken's been an NHL coach for a long time. Certainly, he knows the coaching, you know, the coaching fraternity. He knows the, you know, he knows a lot of information about coaches. He's coached against some of these people, and and if he doesn't have coached against them, certainly knows uh, who to call in the coaching fraternity. He's got the, he's got that relationship, coach to coach relationship. So certainly, I'm uh, I'm going to lean on Ken Hitchcock here a little bit as I go through the process. Um, to, to eventually naming a naming a head coach, um, but yeah, I've started the process, but I I've got uh, I've got uh, lots more to do. You can text in at six thirty six thirty. Does Todd Nelson have a legitimate chance of getting the head coaching job? This texter writes, "Good relationship with Holland, new age coach, gets most out of his players. Was rooting for him before Oilers hired Todd McClellan. I would definitely think he'd be on the list." I definitely think someone like Dave Tippett would be on the list if they can pry him out of Seattle. Beyond that, who knows? But names will start trickling out for sure. So, you know, proof will be in the pudding about Ken Holland. And this leads to this text. It's like Shirelli 2.0. We've heard all this before. And that sentiment is is, is surely understandable from uh, Oilers fans. Because you have heard this all before. But I would say... No one has come in with the pedigree of Ken Holland since this team had Glenn Sather when he built his pedigree and then he went to New York to uh, run the Rangers. So patience, 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 because that's unfortunately is is what it's going to take and Ken Holland seems to uh, have the book written on patience when it comes to building a successful hockey team. News is next from the 630 Chad 24-Hour News Center. We come back. We'll head to Columbus. The Blue Jackets ousted on Monday by the Boston Bruins. Jody Shelley, TV analyst for Fox Sports Ohio, covers the Blue Jackets. We'll talk about the Jackets, who could look a heck of a lot different next year. Campbell in for Wilkins, Friday night edition of Inside Sports.
subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chat Inside Sports. I'm a poster boy for bad behavior. Wouldn't it be uh, Inside Sports without a little Def Leppard? Even if Reed Wilkins is not here, I'm sure he sensed something in the air during his vacation and said, oh, they just played Def Leppard. There you go. There you go. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, no Stanley Cup playoff action tonight. Uh, game one of the Eastern Conference Final in the books. 5-2 win by the Boston Bruins over the Carolina Hurricanes. Game one Western Conference Final will go tomorrow in San Jose. Sharks at home to the St. Louis Blues. You catch that game right here on 6.30. Chad, home of the Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. That game will begin just after 6 o'clock. And then next week, just uh, one show for one hour on Monday night with yours truly before we present game two of that series in San Jose at 7 o'clock. And then it's hockey. Lots of hockey next week. Nice to have uh, NHL hockey back on the airwaves. Too bad it can't be the Oilers, but uh, we know how that, that's been going. So, anyway, you can text in at 630-630. Tom texts in, Ken Holland is a great hire and a step in the right direction. However, if the pro scouting and the rest of the hockey operations management is not purged, then it's a waste and more of the same. This organization has been nothing but a failure for more than a decade. The hockey ops department has many of the same players, yes, in different roles for that entire time. I don't think Ken Holland is going to keep its status quo. I think at some point, and I can't predict when, could be right away, could be during the season, I don't know. I would, I would expect it's not going to be for too much longer. Just just speculating here, but Ken Holland, I think, is going to make some changes. I do think he will. Where Peter Shirelli kind of stayed status quo in uh, most of that hockey operations department, I think Ken Holland has a pretty good read over his experience of what he would like in his hockey operations department. So, And I think he's someone that Bob Nicholson and Daryl Cates will listen to because he comes in with that kind of clout and that kind of pedigree. Vic says, uh, fans are pretty fragile right now. Confidence in new leader is going to take time. I want to wait and see, but who knows? Yeah, well, that's that's the point that, you know, that has been made for a while or for the last week. Ken Holland's going to have to earn confidence, and Ken Holland talked about that. I want the fans to believe in me and to trust me and I'm going to make the right decisions. But I think he's the one guy that's not going to be influenced by outside noise from fans or media. I think he's going to be able to stand in there and take it and understand what he needs to do. And he's going to be very patient about it. He was patient in Detroit. He was patient to build that team. And I know he inherited a great roster when he uh, took over as GM. But and that team hasn't been playing very well in Detroit for a couple of years or so. Well, more than that, I guess they've been really deteriorating. But there's a lot of good pieces for Steve Eiserman there as well. So he's proven that, you know, he's part, he's, he's been part of that model in Detroit. He was there for a while. The, the, the model of let's not rush prospects, please. Let's not rush these people. 
draft well. What have the Oilers not done well lately? Draft well beyond round one. It's gotten a lot better with Keith Gretzky, and I imagine Keith Gretzky is going to stay on because I think he'd be a valuable asset for Ken Holland, no question. Richard says, if you say that Ken Holland is a great hire, then you have to trust him. Then you have to trust him in the intelligence to pick up and choose who to let go and who to keep. Everyone seems to say that the amateur side is doing very well right now, and if that is because of Craig McTavish, then we should keep him, not just fire everybody. Let's be smart about this. Yep, that is totally fair. Hi, David Stan. I really wish people would pull their horns in and give Ken Holland a chance to do his job. People love to judge before they even give the guy a chance. I would like to remind the 2.7 million future GMs and coaches in the stands and in front of the TV that people uh, that people are a heck of a lot more knowledgeable than them. Kelly Rudy, Brian Burke, Craig Simpson, many other hockey people are much more on board with this hiring. Some people in this city will only be happy if everyone gets fired. He's going to make changes and give him a chance. Yes, I am a season ticket holder. That is from Dan. So, I know most of you are not trustworthy of the hire, and I don't think you would be trustworthy of any hire, to be honest with you. But the reality is someone has to be the general manager. And Ken Holland at the time of his hire, was the best candidate available. If he stayed in Detroit, great. Okay, you go on to the next. There's lots of up-and-comers. There's lots of assistant GMs that have experience. Not a lot of current avail- or former, current, or former uh, GMs that have been in the role for a while, like you say Ron Hextall maybe, I don't know. But is he better than Ken Holland? I would say not. So at the time of the hire, Ken Holland was the best guy available. Bottom line. The Columbus Blue Jackets, they bowed out of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The deepest, by the way, this franchise has ever reached in a season. Second round, six games, Boston Bruins. Uh, Jody Shelley joins us. He's the television analyst for Fox Sports Ohio covering the Blue Jackets. Jody, nice to have you back on the show. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I love the Edmonton area. You know that. Oh, I know you love Edmonton. It's been a busy week here. I guess, first of all, I'll I'll get your thoughts. Uh, We're going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets, but, uh, you know, the Edmonton Oilers, of course, in in the news this week, and Ken Holland's now the new general manager, and uh, you work out in the Eastern Conference. Uh, What do you make of the move uh, with Ken Holland now coming west? Well, I like it. I think they went and got one of the most respected people in hockey uh, to run one of the biggest organizations in uh, in Canada as far as an NHL and a professional franchise in the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, I grew up in on Vancouver Island. Uh, the Oilers were a big part of my childhood in the 80s, and they're, they were like royalty. And you know how great that city is and the city of champions, right, still? Mm-hmm. And... and you know, you get Connor McDavid, and you think everything's going to turn around. Well, it, it's taken a couple steps back. So I just, I just love it. I mean, the ownership's great. Uh, now they've got leadership right, and I think that uh, he's a guy who who works hard. And look what he did with Detroit. I mean, he he always finds late picks. He understands a winning culture, uh, which a lot of people in the Edmonton organization do. But I mean, sometimes it's good to have that outside voice that's been watching from the outside. 
uh, and he's a Western Canadian guy. So I, I think it's a great move by the Edmonton Oilers. He seems like someone, too, uh, Jody, that he's not going to be affected by the noise. The, the noise doesn't seem to bother him. He just seems like a guy that just you know puts on the work boots and, and, and goes to work. Well, yeah, and you know another thing is it would be hard to work. You think about it. The one problem I would have if I was there in, in Edmonton would be there's so many guys that have won so many Stanley Cups who are around and still have an eye on the Oilers. Gretzky is one of them. Messier is one of them. Um, these guys are, are major guys. So, And I think Ken Holland has been around Lidstrom, Iserman. He's a guy that all those guys respect. So I, I think that that's important because, of course, leadership is strong. And, and when you're the GM or you're the man, you have to be strong. But also there's probably intimidation from outside uh, opinions from some of the greatest players that ever played the game, and I think maybe Ken Holland might be used to that, and uh, that might be a, a good fit for him in that regard too. Yeah, no doubt. We're joined by Jody Shelley, the analyst for the Columbus Blue Jackets on Fox Sports Ohio here on six thirty Ted Inside Sports. Well, let's talk about the Blue Jackets. Uh, it seems like a long time ago, but it was only Monday when the Columbus Blue Jackets were officially eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, by the Boston Bruins in six games, uh, a series that really seemed to turn around uh, sometime in Game Four, maybe Jody. Yeah, first of all, I can't believe that ended uh, this week. And, and I mean, here we are. It's amazing, right? It doesn't matter if you miss the playoffs. I guess missing the playoffs is different because you feel it coming. You know yeah. what I mean? You know the end is coming on in early April. Oh, we know that but very well. Ends, we know right? that very well here in Edmonton, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, yeah. We, we've known that for a while here in Columbus in years past. Sure. When it ends, it ends. I mean, it's over. It's like, and so that ended Monday, and Tuesday was a slow day. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday have been, yeah, it's uh, it's almost to a stop. I think the series changed. Um, well, game one, they should have stole. and They were in the game thanks to their goalie. They didn't steal that game. I'd say game four, yeah, I mean, it was close series. But game four, the Blue Jackets took too many penalties. Uh, the big players for the uh, Boston Bruins got to take the touches on the, on the uh, power play, got to feel the puck a little more, and then they got their footing and, and you know, they did such a great job, the Blue Jackets, with the Tampa Bay Lightning in frustrating their top players by playing defense and taking advantage of opportunities. Um, and they didn't do that against Boston. So I think game four, you're right. That's when the big boys showed up and, and took over the series. Yeah, and and I love the response from John Tortorella, honestly. And, and some people don't like the honesty of John Tortorella or how gruff he can be. And uh, I know some people in the media don't like it. But, hey, we, we got to have – you know, we got to wear the big shoes or the uh, the thick skin as well. But when he was asked, "Is this an accomplishment, John?" and he says, "Don't give me that. Just don't." I, I can't remember what the quote was uh, specifically. Probably like, "Don't give me that crap." But this is not an accomplishment. I love that answer because I, I, I love the fire in the belly of John Tortorella. That okay, I, I'm not going to be satisfied that we made it to Game Six of the second round. Yeah, well, it, it was uh, what he said was, "Don't even go there. Don't even go there," because. It was right after losing game six. It was at home, um, and he expected the question, I think, and he expected the thought process, and he didn't want anyone around him thinking that way. Uh, and that's what he's done here since day one. There's a culture in place. Um, and, you know, you think that people don't like his honesty. I think at the end of the day, a lot of people find it refreshing, uh, especially some of his players, because it's a no-nonsense. He'll draw the line, and if you go over it, which, you know, sometimes you do, um, 
you'll be punished. It might be ice time, might be suspended a game like Bobrovsky was this year, uh, might be on the bench, it might be out of town. Doesn't matter yeah. if you, he lets you know where the line is and don't cross it. Uh, he's very methodical with his approach, but at the same time, he's very real. Like he he doesn't complicate things with with having a different opinion at a different time. He keeps the same opinion. Therefore, things are very very straightforward for John Tortorella. Uh, he's a great guy. He's got a, a a great outlook on life. A great approach to everything. Uh, some guys find him a little tough. But those guys, I don't think they're bought in to win. I think if you want to win, he's a great guy to have around. Yeah, no question. Jordy Shelley joining us, uh, analyst for the Columbus Blue Jackets on Fox Sports Ohio here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. So now we look ahead to the offseason, and it's pretty much a fait accompli that Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin are out the door. Uh, there's Matt Duchesne and Ryan Dezingle who are picked up at the trade deadline. They're unrestricted free agents. And I'll read this quote uh, from Jarmo Kekalainen. We want guys that are proud to be Blue Jackets, guys that want to live in Columbus, want to raise their families in Columbus. If that's the reason why you want to play somewhere else, then go play somewhere else. It's pretty uh, pretty succinct and direct from Jarmo Kekalainen, Jody. Yeah, and that was after the season. And I, I love the way they handled the whole season with Nebraska and Panarin. You know, everyone kind of just Stayed away from those guys. You know, okay, guys, you, you guys don't want to talk about your your contract. Okay, we'll stay away. Uh, the white glove approach for them. Uh, and then I think at the end, it was just like, you know, it was a good run. Everyone was disappointed. Uh, but uh, that's a great approach. It's, it's a very simplistic approach. And, and I think every market should feel the same way. Um, also, those guys have a right to go to free agency. And, and, and that's their right. And as two-year Okay. Their contract with their, t- their time in Columbus is up. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a, I love the way he approached it. Finally, we have one game already in the books in the Eastern Conference Final. The Bruins with a, with a 5-2 win over the, the Carolina Hurricanes yesterday in Game 1. It wasn't really a 5-2 hockey game at all. Just a couple late goals by the Bruins. Um, how do you see this? I know you saw the Bruins up close uh, uh, during the uh, second round series. The Hurricanes have, you know, going into last night's game, they won six games in a row. Um, can the Hurricanes make this a series? Do you, do you see this as being a long series? I do. I, I was impressed with the Carolina Hurricanes last night. I thought they skated better than, than what I expected. I thought they were more physical. I thought they made a lot of chances out of nothing. They possessed the puck well. I think the Bruins got away with a couple easy calls last night they took advantage of. Uh, you need that. I, but I honestly think the Carolina Hurricanes, and it's crazy to say this, because who would have thought they were going to make the playoffs? Who would have thought they'd get through the second round? Anyone that was going to tell you they'd be in the Eastern Conference Finals is a liar. <laughs> and uh, they've got something special with two guys that have been career backups. And, that, and it's just a magical thing. I, just, I think they compete. And they have the identity of their coach, Rob Brendamore, and their leader, Justin Williams. And, and it's a uh, it's an impressive group to watch go to work. I think this is going to be a long series. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think from an Edmonton sporting perspective, you know, if you were to uh, maybe poll the Edmonton audience, who do you cheer for? I know there's a lot of Bruin fans here, uh, but yeah. the Bruins are polarizing. But I think the Bruins fans are, uh, are, you know, they're everywhere. And, of course, if you're not a Bruins fan, they, they love what they did to the Vancouver Canucks in 2011, winning the Stanley Cup in Vancouver. But I, I think the story of the Carolina Hurricanes is great, but there's a lot of Edmonton Oilers fans remember 2000. 2006. So th- this is an interesting uh, series from an Edmonton perspective. 
Oh, Dwayne Rollison getting rolled over. That image came up last night, and it was just like, oh, yeah, that was the year, right? Yep. That was the year. Yeah, that's when, and that it was, was game bad. one. It was game one when they, when I think that's where the Oilers really lost the series. They're up three nothing. I mean, to begin with, and then that's right. they come back, and then then Rollison uh, leaves, and and then it was just you know the Oilers made it the series after that. But uh, if they would have won that game one in Carolina, they're probably Stanley Cup champions that year. That is so crazy, and it's a great. I mean, it's a great. Uh, visual and it's a great description of how crazy it is. I look at that San Jose series with Vegas, and that five-minute penalty was under just under right around ten minutes left in the third period in Game yeah. Seven. I mean, it's that moment that you keep playing for, and of course, the momentum went the other way for that Carolina Edmonton series when they lost Roley. But yeah, it's just what happens. You hold your breath a number of times, but you got to be so lucky and stay so healthy in playoffs and. and uh, it, it, we so we sometimes forget about that, but it's a big part of some of these championship teams. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we got four teams left, and uh, both East and Western uh, Conference Finals should be long, tough series. And uh, oh, yeah. really, really thank you very much, as always, Jody, for your time. And I know we'll have you on the show real soon, okay? Yeah, anytime. Thanks. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Well, one of the best guys out there in the hockey media world, former NHL player Jody Shelley, who covers the columbus blue jackets he's the television analyst for fox sports ohio talking about the jackets and a really good run and but uh, likely going to lose bobrovsky and panarin who knows about matt duchene and ryan dezingle but they still have some good pieces over there you got uh pierre luc dubois for one you got uh you know even their goaltending corpusalo who's probably not as good as bobrovsky or keith kincaid but at least it gives you a little bit of stability there so there's, uh, you know, there's still some hope there. You got Cam Atkinson. He's only, only scored 41 goals. You look at their blue line. Excellent blue line. Seth Jones, Zach Rowenski. But uh, definitely a transition. But it, I do love that quote from Yarmo Kekalainen saying, we want people who are going to play here, who are going to like it here, make it a home, value living in Columbus. And if you don't want to be here, then have fun somewhere else. 650. This is 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. You're listening to 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Mentioned earlier in the show that the... World Hockey Championships kicked off in Slovakia in a tough uh, outing for Canada, losing 3-1 to Finland. Uh, Capo Kako, expected to be a high pick in the upcoming NHL entry draft next month, led the way with two goals. The only goal scorer for Canada was Jonathan Marcheseau, who will play Great Britain on Sunday. Darnell Nurse of the Oilers played uh, just under eight minutes and uh, no points. And uh, there was an upset today. Slovakia with a 4-1 win over the U.S., who have a pretty stacked team at this tournament. Uh, Russia also has a stacked team. They beat Norway by a score of 5-2. And it was the Czech Republic over Sweden by a score of 5-2. Bakersfield Condors will get underway with their uh, playoff series or Game 4 of their playoff series with the San Diego Gulls. Game 4 will uh, go... In about, uh, oh, I would say an hour and 15 minutes from now, 
as the Condors will try and tie up that series at two games apiece. Keegan Lowe, captain of the Condors, who has five assists in the playoffs so far, talked about that Game 3 comeback being down two goals with 10 minutes to go and winning that Game 7-6 to jump back in the series down 2-1. And this is what Keegan Lowe had to say about the big comeback. That's our team right there. It's, uh, it's you know, there's not really any way to explain it other than to say to watch the last period of, of Game 3, um, you know, we're down two goals with what nine and a half minutes left. Down two nothing in the series. Uh, p- pretty important nine minutes, but um, you know there's some things we didn't think went our way in the game, and and at that point, you know we we just put our heads down and we kept going, and you know we we didn't know when the goals were going to come. We knew we had ten minutes left, at the, and uh, you know we got one pretty early there after that, and then. And then the last one came in the, in the dying seconds, and it made you know it was a really emotional win, and I was super proud of the boys. So game four in San Diego goes tonight as the Condors try to uh, even up that Pacific Division final at two. Also, the Prince Albert Raiders will try to win the Western Hockey League final as they're up uh, three games to one on the Vancouver Giants. That game will get going just after eight o'clock as well. we got some debuts coming up. We're going to talk with Jeff Paulus next hour from uh, FC Edmonton. He's their head coach. The uh, FC Edmonton had their debut in the CPL last week, the Canadian Premier League, with a 2-1 win over Valor FC in Winnipeg. They'll host Pacific FC out of Victoria, 1.30 at Clark Stadium. The Edmonton Stingers will play Niagara tonight at the Expo Centre in the inaugural game of the CEBL and... The prospect season. Yeah, we're talking baseball, folks. The Edmonton prospect season just around the corner. May 25th is the home opener against the Lethbridge Bulls. We have a four-pack of tickets for that game to give away right now to caller number one. Kellen Kennedy. Number one. One. There you go. We have one leadoff batter, and he's going to hit a home run. He or she's going to hit a home run because we're going to get a four-pack of tickets to the Edmonton Prospects game on May 25th, the home opener against the Lethbridge Bulls. News is next from the 630 Chet 24-Hour News Center with Thomas Dias. Next hour, we will talk FC Edmonton. We will talk a little Edmonton Eskimos football as well. That and more in the second hour of 630 Chet Inside Sports. Campbell in for Wilkins. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.